All right, Ben, Jim, let's get right into it. Welcome to the Access Vikings podcast. This is Andrew Kramer. We're here from U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Vikings just lost 30-23 to to the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't want to start this podcast as flat as the Vikings came out in this one because they had no energy. Justin Jefferson said it himself. He said, when I walked into the locker room before the game, I could tell it. Ben, is there not a greater indictment right now of where this team is at than that? Yeah, that's concerning when you have your young star, the guy who, setting aside the outcome today, the guy that you most need to keep happy over the next three years before he's a free agent, he's saying, I'm looking around the locker room and I'm not seeing a lot of guys who are out there, ready to go out there and to do what it takes to beat a 10-4 and four team at home with everything to play for. I mean, you, you win Monday night in a sloppy fashion, you get everything to go the way you need it to go to put yourself back in control of your own destiny, and you come out with Justin Jefferson, Mike Zimmer, by the fact that he got in the in the pregame huddle, and Anthony Barr sort of talking about there, there wasn't enough energy. And that's a nebulous concept. I mean, it has more to do with execution than anything else, but if you're not coming out and putting yourself in a spot that you need to, that you can do what it, takes to beat a playoff team what gives you any reason to think that you're going to be a playoff team yourself while the days are getting shorter the nights are getting brighter at the minnesota zoo welcome to the second annual nature illuminated presented by wings financial credit union this narrated drive-through experience will immerse you in an enchanting world of brilliant oversized displays of your favorite zoo creatures all illuminated in fantastical layers of light This one-of-a-kind experience is truly wild, only at the Minnesota Zoo, December 2nd through January 16th. Reserve your tickets at mnzoo.org. Yeah, Jim, I don't understand where you would, how you explain that with a team that's seven and seven fighting for. At this point, if they had kept, if they had won this game, they would still be in control of that last wild card spot. They would just need to win to get in. That was what they were looking at. How do you walk into this game and not bring that kind of energy or understanding that that's what you needed to do today? It's hard for us to understand it. The only way I can attempt to understand or explain it is this has been a long slog of a season. You got key players unvaccinated, bowing out on the team. Uh, you, even though we had a two game winning streak, both games are kind of embarrassing in their own right. And you've been fighting uphill all season. And, you know, it's, it's, it almost feels like. Watching a ba- this season feels like watching a basketball game where the team that's behind fights really hard to get make it close, and that's all they got. They can't get over the hump. This team can't get over the hump. Um, and also, you wonder if a team can't get up for a home game against a playoff team in late December that could help put you in the playoffs, whether they're just tired of this coaching staff and tired of everything around them. It just it feels like a very uninspired group right now. Justin Jefferson didn't go that far, but he did say, basically, we need to be more aggressive in situations like the red zone and saying, um, and reading between the lines, that would mean throwing it. That would mean not running into the wall that they kept running into over and over. There was five. Throwing it to him. (laughs) I mean, they threw it to him one time and eight passes in the red zone. That's a good point because there was the one on third and goal there at the end where um, Cousins checks it down to Madison in the flat. Kirk even admits afterward when asked directly about that play, I could have held it longer and tried to get it to Jefferson yep. there in the end zone. But 
Um, Bennett speaks to the same issues with this offense in terms of running into walls, running into better defensive lines, running into better defensive fronts. And then now, as Jim just alluded to with this coaching staff and the players, now Jefferson's maybe uh, saying he would like the offense to be run a certain way. And so when you got your star player, the guy that you got to make happy, um, it's interesting to hear him say that already in year two. Buffalo needs a second receiver. <laughs> I I mean you got another first round pick. <laughs> you joke about it, but the reason we're bringing it up at the end of year two is because it follows so many of the same themes that we heard in more cryptic terms and cryptic <laughs> tweets from Stefan Diggs. And I'm not saying that we know Justin Jefferson's unhappy. I am saying, however, that. If you think, and we talked about it, I think, this week, if you think that a guy with this big of a network around the league in terms of the guys he trains with, which includes Stephon Diggs, and guys that he played with in college is going to sit here and take everything the team tells him as gospel without sort of seeing what it's like around the league and seeing how other teams do it or, or knowing that just from his own conversations, you're kidding yourself. He is as plugged in as anybody who has come in here in a long time in terms of how this league works, given the fact his brother's played in it, he knows so many guys around the league, it is not going to be difficult for him if he's not happy here to look around and say, boy, um, where else could I go? Who else would I know that could tell me what's up in these other places? We're a long way from that, but it's not ridiculous to think that we could get there before too long if things don't change in such a way that he is a bigger part of the offense and you're maximizing him to the probably the degree that you should and probably the, to the degree that a lot of teams would. Yeah, Justin Jefferson came into this game knowing the, the yardage he needed to break Odell Beckham Jr.'s record for the most yardage uh, by a receiver in his first two years in the NFL. Uh, he needed just 21 yards coming into this game to do it against Beckham's team and the Rams and Beckham's obviously a friend of his going back to LSU they work out together in the offseason um, that can also shape his way of thinking a little bit but he needed just 23 yards and he didn't get it till the third quarter 14 yards in the first half the Vikings were held to three points in the first half they have just 125 yards before halftime this offense has really had an issue ever since halftime of that Steelers game it's been it's been basically I was told there was no problem <laughs> basically 10 quarters I think they've had four touchdown drives and four interceptions in that stretch. And we see the, the pass by Cousins in the first half get tipped into that interception down here. And when they can't run the ball like they haven't been able to, you see that passing game just dry up and them not being able to find creative ways to get Justin the ball, which I, I think is interesting and speaks to the lack of creativity on this offensive staff. And we're hearing the players talk about it now. Yeah, it's really been awful offense for a while now. And really... I would say you go back to when Cousins hit his peak against the Chargers and the Packers. He was having a great season. You couldn't argue with the numbers. You couldn't argue with big victories over those teams. And since then, he's been terrible, frankly. You know, terrible in a Kirk Cousins way, which is he's still going to get his completions. Uh, but, I mean, that throw to Madison, you know, I mean, the best you can get out of that throw is a one-yard gain that sets up a field goal attempt. It was a. There's no reason to throw that pass. Um, 
you know, I mean, a sack isn't that bad there because you can make a field goal from there anyway. I mean, I, I don't understand why you throw a, a pass in a situation where you can gain nothing. And if you're a little off, it might be a pick six. I mean, it was just a horrible decision that he got away with. Um, you know, they aren't running the ball all that well. I do think they miss a healthy feel, and I think he opens up a lot of things, and he's great in the red zone, and he's a, and he's a good third-down option. So, But every team has, you know, injury problems and missing players for various teams. This this team has enough offensive talent to move the ball, and they're not moving the ball. And I just think Cousins has shriveled up here the last five weeks. We are seeing him – we've seen him ebb and flow in terms of his streaks before, and, and this seems to be a bad one for him, and, and that amounts to – like we talked about the four touchdowns offensively to four interceptions in the last 10 quarters, but Ben Kirk was not the worst quarterback on the field today. No, he Holy was not. Cow. I, Stafford didn't look that bad when he was in Detroit. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I said to you at one point during the game, is he hurt? I mean, because there were throws that were hard to explain in any other way. It was – and the mechanics were sloppy on a couple of the interceptions. He's throwing with flat feet. He's throwing back across his body. But the one – that he threw, the, I think it was the second pick to Beckham, where he badly underthrows the ball. He had another one where he overshot Beckham on a corner route where Beckham had beaten Cameron Dantzler. Just missing guys that, with a better throw, you're not probably getting the ball turned over, or at, in some cases, you're probably creating a big play out of it. It just didn't look like he was in a spot to put the ball where he needed to do it, and he also looked really tentative at times. I, I thought early in the game... He maybe didn't trust what he was seeing in terms of the reads. I don't know, but he was holding the ball, kind of trying to scramble and, and bet on his feet, which is not a great bet for Matthew Stafford. It, I mean, it. he was a lot of the reason that the Vikings were in this game. It, it was shades of Baker Mayfield here back in October. It just If he is better, given how they were running the ball, given the Vikings' own struggles in the red zone, the Rams probably – don't need a punt return to blow the game open. Yeah, Jim, Odell Beckham Jr. is 2-0 in this building now with awful quarterback play. Yeah, you're <laughs> it's right. It's amazing. Uh, and, and I will say I do think Stafford must be hurt because the interceptions were ridiculous. Uh, I mean, and the underthrow to, to Beckham on the you know deep right pattern. Uh, I mean, he, the, the play they threw, the, the interception Xavier Woods had, that's an old Washington – and, yes, they were called the Redskins team back. That's an old Washington Redskins. It's an old Joe Gibbs play. You know, get people used to the, the power run, then play action, roll right, and then throw all the way back left, trying to just, you know, stretch the defense to its limit. And it works. It's amazing how often it's worked over the years. But you got to throw it a long way. That's, that is a slow-developing play. you got to throw it 60 yards in the air across the field to make it work. And Stafford threw it like 15 yards short, and he had, he had plenty of time to step into it. i got to believe he's hurt. I can't believe he's that bad. Well, and you, you probably – that's a call you probably wouldn't make if you were worried about your quarterback's arm strength. And that's the other – yeah, that's and the that, thing. And he's not a, a weak-armed quarterback. No. We've seen plenty of arm talent from him over the years in the games where he's beaten the Vikings, which are getting to be a long time ago now. But he gave Mike Zimmer's teams a lot of trouble early on in Detroit and did not look like that guy today. He's – when he's made mistakes in the past, it's been overconfidence in his arm trying to make Brett Favre throws, not yes. just I can't get at their throws. Yeah, Sean McVay did say after the game, I put him in some bad spots. You would have to wonder if he's second-guessing, yeah, just how banged up he's playing. There was the ESPN report a month ago that Stafford's playing with chronic back pain, elbow issues, just a litany of things. And we've seen this over the years in Detroit where he's come here and got sacked nine, ten times. 
by had to have rib x-rays a couple times that coming out of here by mike zimmer defense is getting o-line coaches fired i think her coordinators fired the next day i think um they had one coordinator get canned right after a game here at u.s bank stadium with stafford but he looked like that guy who had been beaten and battered in this game and he really wasn't they didn't get after him too too much but as ben said he was kind of jumpy jittery his feet were jumping up and down a bunch just couldn't didn't look comfortable in any sense and it looked like the vikings had griffin and hunter out there even though they were nowhere to be found that the vikings pass rush has, continues to be manufactured and against stafford it seemed to work pretty well if only the threat of it um because they couldn't score off those turnovers three interceptions just 10 points off those three turnovers a lot of that having to do with their inability to move the ball because two of those picks, they get the ball right there within the 11-yard line, and they only scored the one touchdown when they got it at the two. Um, that's just it goes to show you how far this offensive line is away from, from being any kind of a difference maker. They're, they're getting overworked, overpowered, and I don't know how it's going to be any different against Kenny Clark and the Packers or the Bears and Akeem Hicks at the end of the season. But Ben and Jim, at 7-8, and eight, the Vikings are still somehow relevant in the NFC playoff picture. When you turn on your television, you'll see them in the hunt. But I think we can all realize that that doesn't mean anything at this point. Because if they go 2-1 and one somehow, or 2-0 and oh, to end the season here, somehow they still might not even get in if we see Philadelphia win out, correct? Yep. Or if New Orleans wins out as well. Yes, New Orleans plays tomorrow night. And so with those games left, um, the Vikings need both of those teams to have at least one loss uh, in order to sneak into the playoffs. But And if Washington were to win tonight, Washington then jumps back ahead of them. Oh, that's right. Wow. Well, they put themselves in a spot to uh, take control of things for themselves, and as they've done all year when they do that, I mean, usually in games where they take leads, it's, no, um, we're, we'll wait for the next one. We'll be okay. We're good. I mean, it's kind of a microcosm. You do that enough, your your season is at that point. Yeah, you can't waste two interception games from Anthony Barr. You don't get too many of those. <laughs> he had three career interceptions coming into oh today. And he had two in the first half. And you go ahead and score three points off that. Just amazing. Well, we'll be back here for you guys at StarTribune.com and the Access Vikings podcast, breaking down everywhere in all the directions this Vikings franchise is headed from here on out. Please check in on Wednesday as we preview the Vikings and Packers game at Lambeau Field. Maybe you should get off the podcast.